Thank you for tuning in to Island Church Galveston's podcast. Today's podcast message is from Island Church's 2019 Fall Harvest Conference. Be blessed and encouraged by today's message. I just want to plant something in your spirit this morning. You know, there's never been a day like, like the day we're living in. I mean, it's just uh, the, the uh, how fluid things are and, uh, you know, things that many think are so secure have become so insecure and you know it's just a it's just a phenomenal day and uh the statistics of uh what's going on in christianity are dire actually lee and i as we we're going to bed last night we're listening to some statistics that some guy had studied uh, uh since 2010 in america and i want to know that it's uh this this nation needs a great awakening it literally does. It needs a great awakening. And I believe, God, that, that, we're all, that we are the remnant of people that are going to be a part of that and that are a part of that right now. But one thing that I have found very consistent in ministry over the years, and, and, and uh, uh, whether you like it or not, adhere to it or not, want it or not, what's very consistent is change. And yet people say, oh, I don't want to hear some another message on change. Well, you know, before you get a little cynical and, uh, you know, because of all the messages we've heard on change, uh, let's just think about this. The, the effectiveness level of every ministry can increase. Now think about that for a minute. The effectiveness level of every ministry can increase. Now, when I was in the field, you know, just beginning out, most of my invitations to speak were in full gospel businessmen circles. Out of this would be the first year I was back to the Lord. It's been 1984, in which I, you know, tried again to uh, reject God and go into a rodeo career, which you know God changed me. And then you know, praying about going to Bible school, I thought I was going to go live in Tulsa for two years, and God changed that and ended up at Lakewood for a year. And uh, and, and then, you know, God uh, changed me, took me out of Lakewood, put me in another church. And it just seemed like change was, was very fluid in my life at that time. And then as I began to grow in ministry, I would grow up to a certain point, and I would begin to have a tremendous amount of need in ministry. And the Lord would always begin by changing me, not by changing the circumstances I was dealing with. Now, let me say that again. It would always begin by, with a change in me not in the circumstances I, would de- I was dealing with because I found out if God changes circumstances around you but does not change you, the circumstances around you are going to come back. <laughs> Have you ever realized that? And many of the changes that had the most dynamic effect upon my life and ministry, I was the most resistant to. Didn't get any amens on that one, did I? <laughs> Let me say that again. Many of the most dynamic changes that happened in my life in ministry, I was the most resistant to. I remember the first time I was praying, I was in Huntsville, Texas. I was preaching at Pastor Jeff and Eileen Hackelman's church, wonderful church in Huntsville. And I was laying across the bed, praying, interceding. I was in a, a, a Sunday through Wednesday meeting there. And I had my notebook and my Bible there. I was praying over the meeting. And I was, had turned over and was laying, I was looking up at the ceiling, and these words just dropped in my spirit, Island Church. I wrote it down in my prayer log. I just wrote it down in my prayer log, Island Church. 
This would have been in 1996, 95 or 96. I wrote it down in my prayer log. And so uh, next day or two, I got that out, began to pray about it. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I want you to go to Galveston Island, and I want you to pioneer a church, and I want you to call it Island Church. I tore that page out of my prayer log, wadded it up, and threw it in the garbage. <laughs> Amen. Now, so y'all are looking at me so holy, like you've never done anything like that or experienced anything like that before. But I'm telling you, it comes to all of our lives. Amen. I, the, one, of the, one of the first things that happened to me is uh, 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 I was at Lakewood. I graduated. Man, everything was good. Uh, you know, I was going picking up speakers for Brother Osteen, doing all that kind of stuff. And I, and I preached in a little prayer meeting in Angleton, Texas, Texas, and met a pastor. And he invited me to come to preach in his church. It was up in Lamarck. And he had 20 to 25 people in a funeral home. And that, that was kind of weird right there. Yeah, it was kind of weird right there. And so I... Uh, I preached on a Wednesday night, got an offering, went home, thought, you know, praise the Lord, probably never go there again. <laughs> Amen. And so in prayer, everybody say in prayer, because that's when God will deal with you. He will deal with about what's he will deal with what's on the inside of you in prayer. In prayer, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Now you go leave Lakewood Church. You go tell Brother Osteen that you're gonna you're gonna leave Lakewood Church and you're gonna come down to Lamarck and you're gonna join this little church that meets in a funeral home with, with 25 people in. So here was here was my reaction. I bind you, devil. I am renewing my mind with the word of God, and I resist all temptations that come against my vision like that. Because I already had, quote, my vision. Amen. But you know what happened in the course of time? I ended up doing that. I ended up obeying God. And that's where God gave me Leah. The greatest blessing of my life. You know, if it wasn't for some people's, that's my favorite wife. <laughs> Amen. Man, I tell you, some people just won't let you up, will they? <laughs> that's why we love Pastor Sam. Amen. So back, back, to, back to what the Lord began to deal with me about, about starting Island Church. Uh, uh, and the, uh, the other church, we had a great 15-year uh, uh, run with that church. We're part of a, a lot that was going on, and, and God really blessed. The church really uh, developed into a wonderful church and is a wonderful church today. But uh, uh, then the Lord began to deal with me about Island Church. And, uh, you know, we were ministering in Hawaii a lot at the time, and so I tried to bend, bend it over there, you know. <laughs> I could see us starting a church there in Waianae High School, you know, and, and you know, building a home in Kapolei and just, oh, yeah, it was, you know, we had it all figured out. And the Lord said, no, that's not, that's not where you're supposed to go. And so, you know, over the next five years, I was, I was really resistant to that. I mean, our ministry had grown. We had, we had purchased a building. We had staff. We were fixing, actually, we had, I think, did, did we put you in flight school? We actually, uh, Roland was actually going to flight school. We're believing God for an airplane. We're looking for a, a King Air, uh, what was it, a B, B200 or something like that. Anyway, uh, uh, you know, and so we just continue to pray. But here's what God will do. When God begins to work on the inside of you, it seems like everything that comes to you spiritually works on that part that God's trying to change. 
And listen, there's going to have to be some changes in all of us if we're going to be a part of what God wants to do to awaken this nation. I believe this nation is going to get one more outpouring, one more revival, one more move of God. I, I can't speak beyond that. I've gained enough years where I'm not going to speak beyond that. But I know in my own spirit, because I've experienced moves of God and revivals, I know we're standing on the precipice of one of the greatest outpourings of the Holy Ghost that the church has ever seen. Now, here's why I'm confident of that. Because the seed for that is in the field. It's not in our hands, it's in the field. Uh, especially this company of people, the faith crowd, men and women that believe the Word of God the way we do, we have been responsible for sending hundreds of thousands of missionaries all over the world, the, the Assemblies of God, the, the Charismatic Independent Churches, Rhema, all these, one Christ for the Nations, Oral Roberts University, all these people, uh, uh, hundreds of thousands, probably even millions of people have gone off the shores of this nation to other nations to spread the gospel and are still doing it today. Well, listen, God is not mocked. Uh, uh, let me say that again. God is not mocked. God is not mocked, and I don't care, listen, I don't care what negative seeds have been sown in this country that's caused all kinds of negative things to go on and happen, all kinds of attacks upon our morals and things like that. In reality, there is still a spiritual remnant in this, in this nation that has a harvest in the field that needs to come in. Amen. You know, I've been privileged over the years to be around several people who farm rice. And, you know, you have different seasons when you farm. You sow, then there's growing season, then there's harvest. Did you know the activity of harvest, especially when it comes to the maintenance of your combines and of your different things that you use to prepare your fields after your harvest in order to have fields next year, did you know that activity is even greater than the activity of planting season? Some of you that know anything about agriculture know that. You've got to have your combines working. You've got to have your disc working in order to disc your fields after you reap. You've got to have all kinds, you've got to have your contracts made with the rice dryer. You have to have your contract signed for how much you're going to sell your rice for. I mean, there's so much activity that begins to take place. And literally, many times, what will happen is in the midst of all of the activity that takes place, especially up on the Gulf Coast, storms will come. Amen. You ever notice storms coming in harvest? That's when they come many times. Many times I have driven the fields of, of, of uh, the roads of Texas, especially down in the South Texas, in late August, early September, and at midnight, you'd see the, you'd see the lights, out, especially in the cotton fields, picking up that cotton because there's a tropical storm in the Gulf. Amen. So God is desiring to do something in us to bring a change in us so that that which is outside us can be changed by the life and power of God. Now, let me read a scripture. I preached on this, I, I began preaching on this out of this portion of scripture in 1995, 96, when God began to deal with me about starting Island Church because I knew if I was going to start a church, there needed to be a change. Lee and I had said for years after we got married, we'll never pastor a church. No way. Well, there's no way. We'll two things we'll never do. We'll never pastor a church, and we'll never have children. And the reason for that was is we, so many pastors, we had to, we had to help and pray with and, you know, saw what they were going through. Thought, we don't want to go through that. And then children, you know, we saw your children. We thought, my God, we can <laughs> But then here we stand, you know, 18 years later, and we have an 18-year-old daughter and 17-year-old church. So never say never. Because within the confines of your never may be your destiny. 
Now, the Apostle Paul, what I love about the Apostle Paul, and I have studied him for 35 years, he's a unique character. One of his greatest strengths in teaching and preaching is in comparison preaching. And in this portion of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 3, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, in that chapter, he is making a great comparison between the law, the legalism that the law produces, and the liberty that the Spirit of God produces. Amen. And within this, he brings to the conclusion. Now, we know that, 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 that uh, the King James Bible is put in chapter and verse for reference sake. But you can still see thoughts that flow and come to a conclusion. Thoughts that flow and come to a conclusion. You can still see that in the Word of God. Now, he begins to talk about, you know, uh, look at verse 6. Uh, Who hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. See how he's making comparisons there. And you can come down. Let's see, there was another one I was looking at this morning. Uh, talks, talking about uh, the law and the, and, and the Spirit. He says, verse 11, For that which was done away was, was glorious. Much more that, that which remaineth is glorious. Then he gets down to, uh, to, verse, uh, to verse 17 and says this, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now listen to me. Listen to what I'm fixing to say because I, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna, actually was gonna ask Brother Randy to teach this morning, but I, the Lord just, just all night long waking me up, talking to me about this. Now listen, if you, if you will study and meditate on this chapter, and bring it to, a, to start to bring the thought to a close here in these last couple of verses, you'll see where the Apostle Paul pins by the Holy Ghost. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, we've taken that verse out of context and used it for all kinds of stuff, and most of it good. Amen? But in context, he's saying this. Where the Spirit of the Lord there is, a, is, there is a liberty to change from the legalism of the law and the strength of the law and what was glorious about it into what the Spirit of God is doing. Now, you know what he's saying? He says there is times in our lives when we have a liberty to change. This is literally what he's saying. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I believe that we began to enter in about a year and a half ago into a season of time in which God is going to give us an opportunity where the Spirit of the Lord is for us to begin to change according to that which God wants us to do. There's an open window in which churches can change, ministries can change, evangelistic ministries can change. All that God's doing in the earth can change if we will recognize now is our opportunity, now is our liberty to flow in the Spirit and allow the Spirit of God to change us on the inside so we can start changing this stuff around us. Did you get that? Now, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Everybody say liberty. Then the next verse, now the Lord is that, excuse me, but we all with open face beholding it as a glass, the glory of the Lord, now here it is, it just brings it right out in the open. Beholding is a, a, a let me find it again here. Beholding is in a glass. The glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Let me read it in the Amplified. I like it in the Amplified. Now all of us with an unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into His very own image in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another, 
For this comes from the Lord who is that spirit. Now you think about everything that God has created is in a state of change. Now let me tell you why. The reason everything is in a state of change, there's two reasons. Number one is because of time. Now think about it. You say, what do you mean? You know, the Bible says God changes not. You know why he doesn't change? He lives in timelessness. Amen? Now, as time moves, now, if you don't believe time changes things, look in the mirror. Amen? I mean, our bodies age. I mean, your, your, your vehicles wear out. Your clothes need to be replaced. Everything in this dimension is in a, I, I, and listen, I'm not trying to be negative, but it is in a state of decay. It is in a downward change. But everything in the spirit, which is in our hearts and in our spirit, man, does not need to be in a downward spiral of decay. It needs to be in an upward spiral of change as we continually change toward that place where God will bring us one day when nothing changes. So he's pulling us. It's like a magnetic or a gravitational spiritual pull where he's pulling on us, pulling on us. And many times when we hear the word change, the first thing we do is just lock up. Amen. Now, I don't know if you've ever really taken a good beating. I mean a good beating. I have. I've taken a couple of really good beatings. Now, I learned from a rodeo clown named Skipper Voss. And he, he became very famous. He was, he was a great guy. Uh, uh, he, in Bay City, Texas, I got beat up a little bit by a bull, riding bulls. And he said to me, you can't whip that bull. He said, when you're laying on the ground, here's what you have to do. You have to make yourself as small as possible. And you have to stay as limp as possible. Or the maximum amount of damage is going to be done to your body. Well, that happened to me a couple of times. And I figured out there are some things, the more you resist them, the more they're going to hurt you. Amen. The more you resist it, the more it's going to hurt you. And one, Now let me say something. One of the biggest resistances in every one of us as believers, whether you're a minister, a, a crusade preacher, an evangelist, no matter who you are, or just a believer that's got some prayers answered, one of the greatest resistance is in us is our past success where we begin to think, well, if God's going to do anything, He's going to have to do it just like this. Amen? But the Bible says change. Everybody say change. That's the word metamorpho, which is a change from where? The inside out. It comes from the inside out. I do believe with all of my heart that man on earth can initiate revival from heaven. It's proven in Acts chapter 10. Cornelius was a devout man. He was one that feared God with all of his house. He prayed much. He gave much. And God sent the right person to him. And the Holy Ghost fell on all of his household. And literally the move of God we enjoy today came through Cornelius' household. But in order for Cornelius to be in that position as a Roman centurion, I'm telling you there were some major changes on the inside of that man. And I've always, this is what has always fascinated me about Cornelius. As, as, as superstitious as the Roman hierarchy was, and they all served the God of the planets and the stars, how did Cornelius end up serving a God of a people he had defeated? 
God had to work a change in him. God had to work a change in him. He became a Jewish proselyte. He loved the Jewish faith and Jewish religion. And in his own prayers and intercession, God appeared to him, sent an angel down, gave him instruction, introduced him to the right man at the right time, the right place. And even Peter, in, in, in Acts chapter 11, he's kind of apologetic. He said, well, look, I, I was just preaching to him. I didn't lay hands on nobody. I was just preaching to him, and the Holy Ghost fell on him, just like they did. He, if, you, if you study Peter, he's the guy that got to point and never changed. His prejudice, literally his religious prejudice, cost him. You, you, you start uh, grafting his ministry, it comes up, Acts chapter 10, 11, 12, then you don't hear of him anymore. Then it's the Apostle Paul. Now, in our lives, that's the area I guess I've had the most trouble with. Because once something begins to work, you want to stay with it as long as it's working. <laughs> now let me say that again. Once you get something that works, you want to stay with it as long as it's working, not realizing what is working is designed to bring a change in you so you can prepare for not what is working but what will work. Amen? Uh, you know, we, we have... Men, in our, all of us in our past, that were the kind of the patriarchs of, of teaching on faith, and I mean, like Brother Osteen, Brother Hagen, I mean, like, they, they greatly changed. Now notice, not only did they change the way we view faith, the gifts of the Spirit, the move of the Holy Ghost, the revelation of the Word of God, all of these different things, not only did they change that, they changed the atmosphere around them. I was listening to some of Brother Hagin's, Hagin's teachings last week about how God had them praying over recessions, how God had them praying over a, a, an incident that was going on over in the Middle East, how God had them. It's amazing how much authority God is willing to release to people who are flexible. You find people that aren't flexible, they just kind of lock up, and that's what religion is. Listen, church, religion, the definition of religion is men and women that will celebrate what God did yesterday but while denying what he's doing today. None of us want to go there. None of us want to be involved in that. Now, real quick, so we can get Brother Sam up here. It says, but we all with open face, beholding as a glass, or beholding the word of God, says in the, in the Amplified, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are continually being transformed, are being changed from glory to glory. Now, the Word of God is the constant that causes us to grow and change in the things of God. Amen? The Word of God is the... I'll never forget the first phrase Pastor John Osteen uttered in our Bible school class in September of 1984 when he got up on that first Tuesday afternoon, the last class, he started the class by saying this. He said, I preached 19 years as a Baptist pastor and knew nothing about the power of God. He said, as I teach you during this year in this Bible school, I reserve the right to change my doctrine. That's what he said. He said, I reserve the right to change my doctrine. He said this. I have two doctorates of, uh, of divinity hanging on my wall in my office and neither one of them will cast out a devil. <laughs> he said, neither one of them can get anybody healed. He said, so I have been on a quest in the word of God 
to discover what the word says apart from my denomination, from my religion. And I could tell right there. Because I remember, Brother Osteen, when I was a little boy. And I told him this. He laughed. I said, I remember one time walking to the back of First Assembly of God in Pasadena. And the door swung open. And here come Brother Osteen, Sister Dodie with this whole pack of kids behind him. And Brother Osteen, as a, as a seven or eight-year-old child, I could see. Now, listen, don't, don't think your kids don't see stuff. Your kids see stuff. I could see fire on him. I could see fire. I thought, that man's on fire. <laughs> and about a month or two later, he held his first crusade at Pasadena High School Auditorium, which afforded me a beating. He said, afforded you a beat? I said, yeah. My mom and dad said, we're going to Pasadena High School to hear Brother Osteen speak. And I said, I don't want to go. He's a Baptist. <laughs> Amen. Well, my mom corrected that real quick. And I did go. Amen. So we must understand what is working on the inside of us and all that we've been teaching all of these years, all that we've been saying, renewing your mind, living righteous and holy, your confessions, your faith, what you're stretching out to believe God for, your vision, your dream, it's pulling you upward to the greater things of God and the greater things of the Spirit, but in order to get you some forward progress and forward motion by the Word of God, the seed of change is, is going to have to be planted in you. Amen? So we behold in the, in the word of God as is a mirror. So when we look into a mirror, mirrors are brutally honest. They don't tell you what you want to see. They tell you what is. When you get up in the morning, now listen to me. When you get up in the morning, now I don't know much about this because I don't have much to work on, so it don't take me long. But Leah looks so good because of a lot of work. Is that bad too? Oh, man. That's too strong. Oh, my goodness. That's a, that, I told her age one time at B.B. Hankins Church, and B.B. stood up and said, you've made a mistake, son. Oh, well. But when she goes to the mirror... The mirror shows her places that need work. We're just going to have to weather this, sweetheart. We'll let Pastor Sam counsel us before he leaves today. Amen. Oh, Eddie, we got Eddie and Amanda here. They, they're assembly of God. They, get, they can fix us up good, yeah. They, no problem. <laughs> but the work begins to produce the transformation. Amen? The work begins to produce the change. And it is what? It is not the mirror doing the work. It is the person looking into the mirror, responding to what they see in the mirror, making adjustments accordingly. Because what we tend to do many times is we look in the mirror and we say, that's what I want. Oh, there's healing. I want healing. Oh, there's prosperity. I want prosperity. Oh, there's joy. I want joy. Oh, there's righteousness. I want righteousness. And then we kind of think it's this magic abracadabra thing that's going to happen that's just going to produce it right in our midst. 
When God is actually saying, you want healing? Look into this mirror. You'll see that healing is not something that you need. You'll see that healed is something that you are. Then you start making adjustments accordingly. You say, well, I want to be free. I don't want to be an unrighteous person. You'll see that, well, righteousness is not something that you attain to. It is something that God made you in the new birth. So therefore, allow yourself to make the adjustments. Now, here's what I found out about change. Every adjustment you will make in the natural, God will supply supernatural ability, power, favor, or anything else you need for that change to take place on the inside of you. You just got to be willing to step out and do it. And if you'll be willing to do it, listen, don't live under stress. Don't live under great strain. If you're a Christian, I'm not just talking about people in the ministry. If you're a Christian, Jesus still says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and we need to be willing to let God work a work in us that will bring us into a place of change in which our willingness to live that type of life is something that we do. Listen, work will kill you. I'm not against work. I work hard in ministry. I work hard in everything that I do. I work hard in everything that I put my hand to, from what we do at our house to my hobbies, all of it. But the part of work or works, if you'll go back into this scripture, you'll see that literally Paul is telling us there is a work of the Spirit that you cannot do with your own righteousness or your own works. And it brings a change from the inside out. Listen, how many times have we spent hours on our knees praying to, for, to God to change a circumstance? And it seems like the heaven is closed. And we got this circumstance in our life, in our ministry, in our finances, in our body, in our marriage. There it is. And we're praying Lord, change this. Man, we need, uh, you confess your confessions. You, and God is sitting up there saying, well, I really can't. It's not that he doesn't have all power. He's not that he's not omnipotent, all power. It's that he's saying, what really needs to happen is for me to change you because if I can change you, then you can take what you're seeing in that mirror and you can change everything in that circumstance. You can change everything in that situation, everything in that ministry. You can change it, but the real change of everything needs to be inward and not outward. Amen? Now let me close and we'll let Pastor Sam take over. In prayer, this is going to take a little rabbit trap. I teach this in prayer because I learned this many years ago. Think about a need that you may have. And when you think about that need, you think, okay, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe God. You know, God says he supplies all my need, so I'm going to pray, and whether it's health, financial, marital, ministry, business, whatever it may be, you think, I'm going to pray, and so I'm going to pray, I'm going to believe I receive, I shall have it. So I'm going to worship God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my prayer being answered. So you begin to think about the answer. Amen. Uh, Pastor Sam painted such a beautiful picture last night, the suddenly of God that will show up. So you begin to think about, now, you, in your mind, in your mind, your vision of an answer is back at that place you were before you had the problem. Now think about that for a minute. Before the diagnosis for the sickness came, before the, 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 the negative financial report came, before any of that came, and you think about, well, you know, two weeks ago, you know, I had peace and none of this was going on. And then, you know, I get this report, it's financial, fiscal report. And, and now, oh, if I could just get back over here to where things were at peace. And that, that's what you think in your mind. And God is like this. I, there's no way I'm going to deliver you back there. 
Because if I deliver you back there, you're just as vulnerable to what's going to happen as you are when it happened. Nothing has really changed. You're just back at a place in which you don't have the problem anymore, but the problem's never really been rectified, hadn't been taken care of. So what God has is another place. And that's where the fight of faith takes place. Because what he's trying to do with every prayer he answers and everything he does in your life, he's trying to use it to change you so that he can bring you to a greater level of effectiveness. And if we only see our needs being met and, and being answered, our prayers being answered so we can go back to a place of comfort in our lives, then we're missing out on the whole thing. We're missing out on the whole thing that this thing is designed to do. Because in reality, what God is trying to do, the things that are so conducive to change, which is time, the second one, which is sin, because of sin, everything, I, I call it this, because of sin 6,000 years ago, uh, mankind has been in a reverse evolution. They've been going from the presence of God in which they stood before the fall to the animal that they are today. So that downward pull of sin and time, which drags people down to that. But God, when you got born again, you stepped into eternity. I said you stepped into eternity. Now, don't get me wrong. You were in eternity when you were born onto this earth because you'll live forever. But you stepped into divine eternity. You stepped into salvation. You stepped into righteousness. You didn't step into all the negative things sin produced. You stepped into the good things that God is and wants to produce in your life. So you've got to let that gravitational pull. I made the statement teaching on faith the other day at the church. I said there was a time about a three-year period I was just, we were busy. Every meeting was glorious. Healings, money flowing, stuff was going. And I made the statement to the Lord. I said, Lord, it feels like I've stepped out of time. And the Lord said, you're gaining a concept of faith. Because we base so much on time and what it does. But God is wanting to work in effect. And let me tell you, say this. I'm going to tell you this by the Holy Ghost. He's wanting to do a quick work. I said he's wanting to do a quick work in us. Where he don't have to break down a lot of resistance. Where we become willing. Oh, I should have got better amens on that one. Where we become willing for God. Say, God, change me if that's what you need to do to cause this ministry to go to the next level. If that's what you need to do to increase our effectiveness in crusades, to open up whatever you need to do, Lord, to make us more effective and spread your kingdom on this earth. Here I am, Lord. Change me. I'm not going to get set in my ways. Change whatever you need to change about me, about the, about the business, about whatever needs to be done. Change me, Lord. And God, listen, God doesn't do it from trial to tribulation. He does it from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Amen? Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Glory to God. Lift your hands up. Worship the Lord. Father, we worship you. Lord, we glorify your name. Blessed be your name, Lord. 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 Name, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father. For your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your kindness to us. We thank you for Pastor Sam. The word of God he's got for us. In Jesus' name. Everyone says, Amen. Pastor Sam. Thank you for listening to Island Church's 2019 Fall Harvest Conference podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah.